Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to our Dark Side of the Ring Season 1 recap show. This is time we're talking about episode three, uh, the killing of Bruiser Brody, uh, which it you know, given that Mick Foley at the very end of it said something like, "Join us this season as we take on more Dark Side." I wonder if this is the first one they actually produced, and they just ended up airing it third. That's a good question. I mean, it doesn't matter. I was just sounding kind of like I just watched it this morning, and he said that at the end, and I was like. I wonder if they did this first. I'm always fascinated by that. They did that in Star Trek Next Generation. Some of the episodes are out of order. Anyways. Um, uh, so, yeah. I thought this was a really solid episode. Uh, it was kind of hard to watch. Uh, yes. Just because it was, you know, it was... I was going to say gut-wrenching, but that feels like inappropriate for this episode. Um, Tony Atlas's account of the incident especially and how uh, the juxtaposition of this, you know, huge, larger-than-life guy being fairly helpless in, in trying to a help his friend and B uh, 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 you know, help avenge him or see uh, justice through for him uh, mm-hmm. and not being able to uh, was, was pretty heartbreaking, but it was, it was also an interesting portrait of the man, Frank Goodich as well. Indeed. Indeed. Um, you know, and, and, and the story has been told several times, um, you know, the story of, of, of uh, invader number one, Asking Brewery to come uh, into the shower to have a talk, and then uh, in the course of that conversation, uh, Brody was stabbed. And according to Totally Atlas, that uh, uh, more stabbing was attempted after they made their way out of the shower. He was involved in breaking that up. Um, and while the the kind of the basic story beats of that uh, that narrative are pretty well known, like I prior to watching this, I wasn't aware that uh, Brody had bought a portion of the company. Um, I wasn't aware that. Uh, the promotion owed him a, a, a pretty sizable chunk of money. And I guess I wasn't completely aware of the, the history between himself and invader. Number one, they had beef prior mm-hmm. to that incident. that went back about 10 years where, uh, Jose invader. Number one, Jose Gonzalez was in the midst of getting some sort of push potentially. And, uh, bruiser Brody just apparently beat the heck out of him in a match. Yeah. Then, some uh, of the, uh, some of the, some of the, I look, I, we had always heard stories about, uh, you know, the Puerto Rico territory, uh, World Wrestling Council, um, and how, for lack of a better word, crazy it was 
you know, the fans are like super into it and, you know, they'll riot and, uh, and some of the wrestling there is just, you know, can get pretty, pretty gruesome. Um, some of the footage I, I hadn't seen before, like, obviously we had seen the footage of, uh, was it Invader three? Uh, oh, and Manny Fernandez. Yeah. And the, Manny the Fernandez, yeah, you know, yeah. when he, yeah. he did the, the blood stuff. Uh, but the one, the, the, uh, uh, <laughs> match, uh, footage that they showed of Bruiser Brody versus Manuel. I forget oh, the rest. Yeah. Of- yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That was rough. There was yeah. some really, really rough stuff going on there. Um, but you know, as Dutch Mantel tells it, you know, that's how we got people to think that it was the real deal because, mm-hmm. you know, we just made it, it was like really, really violent down there. And that's why it was successful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, like you said, the story, you know, I, I through various shoot interviews, uh, other, you know, avenues, I had heard the story before. Um, when Dutch Mantel sort of tries to put the pieces together in terms of motivation for Invader to stab uh, uh, Bruiser Brody, and he notes, you know, he had just uh, lost his child, his three-year-old child, in a swimming pool accident, um, and. You know, there was the incident, like you said, 10 years earlier when uh, he was, you know, looking to get noticed by the WWF. And then they had that match with Bruiser Brody and Bruiser Brody just beat the shit out of him. Uh, You know, and then on top of that, I didn't know that the the idea that Brody was trying to. Well, you said this, that was he was trying to buy a piece of the prop of the of the promotion. And he was wanting to make some changes, including, you know, deep pushing, if you will, uh, Invader. Um, well, Invader was the booker, and mm-hmm, I guess yeah. he wanted to fire him from that position. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and so, yeah, all that stuff put together uh, was, you know, obviously is some cause for, for motivation. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, this this the, the, the story that Tony Atlas has to tell, though, to me was by far, I mean, he was obviously the only actual eyewitness beyond Carlos Colon. Um, or was Carlos, yeah, he, he just came in. And then, like, told uh, Invader to stop. But mm-hmm. uh, but Tony Atlas was there. Yeah, I hadn't heard the bit about him bringing the knife back down and then it chopping off his ponytail. I hadn't heard that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then little details like, you know, uh, uh, Bruiser Brody g- grabbing onto his son's picture throughout the entire thing. Like, he walked into there with his son's picture because he happened to be looking at it, and he never yeah. put it down even during surgery. Um, yeah. You know, all that stuff is, like, super you – know, you see this – as they as they talk about it, you sort of see it play out, and it's like, man, so many ways, so many times along the way, this this guy could have made it. He could have lived. Yeah. Exactly. And whether exactly. it was, it took forty five minutes for the ambulance to get there. It you know the doctors were like, oh no, we'll take care of him when we can. And Atlas was like, no, you're gonna do it now. And you literally know, grabbed the doctor and carried him over to, to, to Brody, yeah. All the hemming and hawing of that, you know, uh, the fact that, you know, the, the, the trial was completely and totally rigged uh, to, to let uh, Jose Gonzalez off the hook. And he's still alive today, by the way. He's still, he's booking birthday, uh, children's birthday parties, apparently, as a luchador. Um, so, yeah, the, it's, 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 a, it's a pretty heart-wrenching, eye-opening it tale. It is. Um, and one interesting aspect of it is... is Dutch Mantel talks about how, you know, as you mentioned earlier, it was uh, wrestling in the World Wrestling Council is presented as, as uh, extremely violent uh, to make it seem real. Yeah. And one of the difficulties, apparently, in the early stages of the investigation is that the police thought, oh, this is just, this is an angle, essentially, they're running. 
mm-hmm. um, because uh, uh, you know they didn't really take anything seriously, um, seemingly until Tony Atlas returned to the venue from the hospital and was like, "No, Invader did it," mm-hmm. and then even. Even subsequently, I don't know, I haven't read any, any uh, first-hand accounts of the trial itself, but the implication that Dutch laid out there essentially was um, that people believed in Bruiser Brody, the character, so much as being yeah. a madman yeah, that it would make sense for Bruiser Brody, the character, to potentially threaten Invader number one and then Invader having to defend himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and if since they, no one knows what was said in the shower, no one knows what exchange was 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 had between the two of them. Um, so we don't know what exactly led up to mm-hmm. the stabbing. We just know that Bruiser Brody was stabbed twice, uh, two uh, was it eight inch uh, wounds, mm-hmm. um, one which apparently uh, in the lower abdomen, mm-hmm. and then another. I mean, the same one that yeah, uh, further up, yeah. But the other, but I think the one that in the abdomen was the one that uh, uh, cut his liver. Cut his liver, yeah. Which that was the 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 wound. I mean, they managed to, to, to sew up sew him back up, but the wound to the liver, which was the one that seemed like the doctors were more worried about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the early bits about you know Frank Goodrich, Bruiser Brody, the man, uh, were very interesting to me when they uh, showed footage from a shoot interview where he was an incredibly articulate person. I mean, this guy really did. Like when they show footage of him, and then they show footage of him talking. I mean, talk about like goals to be a, like just a human being. Like he looked at me like because when Lacey was watching with me, she was like, "He looks like Jason Momoa," and I was like, "God, could you imagine like he's Jason Momoa would be perfect to play this guy?" Because yeah. there are like you can see you can see some some similarities there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but when he's it's talking, amazing to see. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say when you, when he's talking about like his uh, in his football career to the shoot interview uh, people, and then they had to be like, oh, hold on a second. Uh, we were rolling that whole time to make sure that he was like, okay, I just want people to make, I just want to make sure that I'm presented as Bruiser Brody, not Frank Goodich. Yeah. Um, he was yes, very yes. careful about that image. Yes, he was. He was. And that, that extended beyond just uh, the interview set, uh, extended to his business dealings in total. Um, one thing about him, though, is, is, and I don't think this is necessarily uncommon in wrestling, but to see it on full display where, you know, during that interview they showed where he's talking about his football career, uh, incredibly soft-spoken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, um, he's seen, he's seen, uh, you know, he has these massive scars all over his forehead from blading, but he seems mild-mannered, mm-hmm. soft-spoken, and his wife details where she would drop him off at the airport and he'd have his, his hair pulled back and, you know, he was he was dad to his son and, and husband to his wife, and as soon as he got out of the car and started walking through the door of the airport, he took the, you know, he, he let his hair down, and as he was walking, the transformation, transformation began from Frank Goodrich to Bruiser Brody, because yeah. once he was out in public, I imagine he felt it was his responsibility mm-hmm. to be Bruiser Brody. Yeah, yeah. And to keep that character intact whenever he's in the public sphere. Could you imagine having to tell, because, like, you know, we hear all sorts of stories about, you know, how wrestlers, you know, especially back then, even more so than now, um, were on the road always. And, you know, she, his wife, his widow now said, you know, he told me up front, I'm going to be home three months a year. And, uh, and they got married and had a kid and, uh, and you know, they, they make it work, but I couldn't imagine that I life. I couldn't imagine seeing my family three months out of the year. 
and you compare that, I mean, that's that's not being home a lot. Compare that to Ric Flair, who was yeah. home like seven days out of the year. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, dude. I couldn't. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Man. I don't even know, like, why would you even have a family in that case? Like, three months is one thing. I still couldn't do it. But, like, in the case of Ric Flair, I was just always sort of curious, why did you even have a family? I mean, maybe it's maybe psychologically it's just like, hey, even though I'm never there, I know I have an anchor, you mm-hmm. know, and that'll that'll reel me in if I get too close to the edge. Maybe yeah. it's something like that. It's fascinating yeah, me I have and, no idea. with whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, Abdul the Butcher was also interviewed in this. He's an interesting character. Um, and in fact, I'm not even sure. I had to have seen some interviews with him in the past, but I was kind of taken aback by how he talks and his voice does not fit the persona of him at all. Like I get what you're saying with Bruiser Brody, but like it doesn't look weird when I, when his words come out of his mouth. Like, no, cause cause he has, still has the intensity in his eyes and he's, he's a very, and, and he, he might be yeah. soft spoken, but he speaks with the utmost confidence. Mm-hmm. Like Bruiser Brody seems like a very confident, confident person. When he speaks, he speaks with authority, even if it's soft. Mm-hmm. Abdullah has the weird, like he's he got a weird little voice like this. He's got a really weird voice for this big, crazy looking dude. Um, and, uh, and you know, you also get the idea, at least from Tony Atlas, that he's also not the most truth telling person in the, in the world. Because yeah. The, of that. Mm-hmm. the meeting. Yeah. So mm-hmm. apparently at the, the day after, uh, Brody was stabbed, this is, uh, Tony Atlas said he spent the previous night in the beach cause Savio Vega, Warned him not to go back to his room. Hey, good guy, Savio Vega, huh? Yeah. Um, so he spent the night on the beach, comes back to the hotel, and there's a meeting that uh, takes place, according to Tony Atlas and Dutch Mantel. They both say there's a meeting um, where, you know, they discuss uh, what happened. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, that's when Atlas learns that Brody's died. But there's some contention between Tony Atlas and Abdullah, whether Abdullah was actually there. Tony says, yes, he was there. And Abdullah Butcher says no, but while saying no, he makes a point of mentioning that he owned five percent of the company. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was. Yeah, he was not. Yeah, it was kind of obvious. It's like, okay, well, you're. That's a wink and a nod. If I ever saw one, you know. Um, yeah, that stuff was interesting. Uh, and then, yeah, just the complete and total lack of justice that was ever served. This is it's mm-hmm. horrible. And of course, they say at mm-hmm. the end that they interview or they attempted to interview. They contacted Carlos Colon and uh, and Jose Gonzalez and Vader for uh, for a comment. And they never they never responded. They declined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not surprisingly, not shockingly at all. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine when uh, Frank's when Bruiser Brody's son, now an adult, says, you know, I don't even care about legal justice necessarily. I just want personal justice. <laughs> it makes me think, okay, all right, man, start bulking up, you know, uh, find a couple of mercenaries and, uh, and go to Puerto Rico. <laughs> because that would be horrible, man. That'd be so, that'd be, to live with that, man, that would be, that That would just be unbelievable. It really would be. I know, that would be. That That's would a shame. Be. I loved when they were digging through the garage and all that old school merch from like uh, Japan that they had, I think Pro Wrestling Tees uh, has 
through the the dark side of the ring uh, merchandise line mm. has an old school Bruiser Brody shirt. Oh, that's cool. I'll have to check that out. I know I got one of their designs for Bruiser Brody mm-hmm. that I wear every once in a while. Yeah, it's a cool um, shirt. But yeah, no, this was this was this was a really good one. Um what's coming up next? What's next week? I think it's Von Eriks. Oh wow. I think. I've only seen I the WWE duck. Yes, I haven't is. seen it this is. one. It is. It is the Von Eriks one. I've okay. seen that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'll be sad to talk about. Yeah. I, I I try I try to watch like Lacey's in the room usually when I watch these and I'm like hey you gotta check this out she's like they're always so depressing I'm like what's mm-hmm. the dark side of the ring and I'm like and on top of that it's wrestling it's just generally kind of <laughs> doesn't have the brightest history in the world yeah. anyways that's yeah. it let us know what you guys thought in the comments I'm trying to think if there's any other details or anything that I'm missing but I think we sort of covered everything. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the Tony Atlas is really the 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 emotional. Oh, he's the heart and soul of this entire of this. thing. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and to, just to hear him relate, uh, you know what 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 he saw, what he had to do to get Brody some medical attention, mm-hmm. um, what he had to do to maybe uh, uh, uh keep Brody from getting. Uh, stabbed even more and the what, worst you know the worst was when he went back oh, yeah. to the locker room and he said you know worse than him getting stabbed worse than anything was going back there and every his blood hadn't even dived yet and people were like patting each other and saying hey good match brother they were laughing everything was just like back to normal and yeah, they're all just having they a had... good old time and then invader just comes walking back in and he had changed his shirt Mm-hmm. Oh man! He had his gear with him, and and he uh, mentioned that he had a. He's like, why didn't they just cancel the show? Yeah, and he says, well, at that point, he got he comes back from the hospital because the doctor doctors told him to leave because he the doctors thought that uh, he was would potentially endanger uh, the medical staff there because he'd already picked up uh, one of the doctors just so Brody could get some care. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes and has this match against the Iron Sheik that night, and so uh, apparently. Uh, Iron Sheik asked uh, Tony, "Hey, how's uh, how's Brody doing?" And uh, Tony says, "Well, it's you know it's not looking good. It's serious." And and at that point, the the cover story was that a fan had attacked mm-hmm. Bruce Brody on his way to the locker room, and Iron Sheik made some reference to that. And Tony Atlas says, "No, it was it wasn't a fan. It was it was Invader." And and and, and Iron Sheik was so incensed when he found out that apparently he got up and left the ring. In the middle of their match, like yeah. Tony Atlas says they wrestled for like a minute or two before uh, Iron Sheik just left. Yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. So um, it, it, it's definitely it's, it's 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 an interesting watch, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, as you said, uh, Tony Atlas, he it's 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 heart wrenching hearing him tell that story. He seems like it such really a is. gentle soul, like such a big dude, such an imposing mm-hmm. guy, but he seems like just such a gentle soul, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I told Lacey I'm going to start using the term brother a lot more. Hey brother, because he said that incessantly, brother. Yeah, that's what I think. This is a wrestling thing, brother. It is hey, a brother. wrestler thing, I think. What's up, brother? <laughs> so I went on her Instagram, one of her jewelry posts, and I said, "That looks great, brother." <laughs> and she punched me. Anyways, that's it for the show. Yeah, Thanks, that's, everybody. That's, that's probably appropriate. Got my own dark side of the ring going on over here. This is the <laughs> ring right here. <laughs> Thanks everybody wow. for watching. Until wow. next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. <laughs>
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.